This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. It is great to be with you on all of our radio stations across the country, Fox Sports Las Vegas, ESPN Richmond, Angels Radio Los Angeles, The Game Orlando, ESPN Charlotte, Real Sports Atlanta, ESPN South Jersey, and 107.5 Alive. Thank you for tuning in on the radio or listening to the podcast version. Our guest this week is former NFL defensive back James Hasty. He played for the Jets, the Chiefs, the Raiders. He's got an incredible testimony. I spoke to James a few months ago, and we've got had so many guests that I, I've been waiting and wanting to air this testimony from James. It's incredible. You have to listen. What happened to him out on uh, jet skis, him, and it, it's it coming up. You'll hear it. But I want to get into what we're going to talk about. We're going to get a little, uh, a little bit, we like to relate th- sometimes these episodes to what's happening in our world. And I posted something this week and I don't want to dig into it too deeply, but I want to say this, that sometimes you come across people who God reveals to you aren't really who you think they are. And it's, to me, it's often disappointing and often it's sad when it's Christians, sometimes with a major platform, people who are looked up to, who are looked upon in many ways, and I'm not trying to be judgmental of anybody, but what happens is the flesh, me, the person, like, my instant reaction is, and especially when it's in dealings with us, that you want to reveal, when God reveals that to you, you want to reveal it to others, but it's a struggle because what happens is if you start calling out all the hypocrites, it's not really our, our job or our responsibility. Oh. And I, I dig, I have to dig into scripture. I have to rely on what God tells me and, and what the Bible, what the word is saying. And I, I really came across Paul. You know, we always refer to what Paul writes and, 90%, 80%, I don't know what the percent is of the New Testament, but this is Romans twelve nineteen, And Paul says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Yep. And I, I really needed to hear this and read this and reflect on it and meditate on it this week especially because of this circumstance, because of this situation. And it's not a little deal. It's not a little thing. It's very big. It's very impactful. And again, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I feel like all of all of us out there are going to encounter at some point in our life, you, you want to take matters into your own hands. Things happen. Someone hurts you. Someone offends you. Someone wrongs you. Someone wants, someone does something to you that you just want other people to know this person isn't who you think they are, or these people, this group of people aren't who you think they are. They may act one way, but behind closed doors, they're a different way. And and you may delight in wanting to share that in exposing them and revealing them for the frauds that they are. But then you have to think about it. Are you being, are you... You know, I thought about doing that, and I, I and you know that's the struggle. You you want to, but then, but what is that? Are you do? being hypocritical? Yeah, and what is that going to do? What, you know what exactly exposing people? What is that going to do? When God exposes people, 
it's it's like loud and clear and mm-hmm. it's the, for the world to see when you expose someone it's like but this is why he says leave that up to me yeah because when i do it the world will see what's happening but when you do it it's like whoop-de-doo great but so this is why you don't fight your own battles he fights them for you Yes, we get hurt. We get upset. Uh, I'm not. I'm not know, down. It, it, I'm not downplaying it. But I'm just saying that God has, right. you know, the whole world in His hand. So He can He can do far more than we what we can ever do. And it's not like we're about to like you know. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. It's all good. <laughs> um, I I you know what I, what I care about is my heart mm-hmm. posture and yeah. my heart in front of God, not how I look to people, mm-hmm. and for. The people we're talking about, I just pray that they woke up before it's too late. Because at some when, point, at some yeah. point, because because they certainly have to this really, point. It's really, it's yeah. really bad when you put that facade in front of people and put that, like you, you get up there and preach. You're preaching the gospel, but your heart is so bad. It's 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 like Judas. It's, it's so far away. That's it's so Judas far heart, away from you know? loving. You know, and yeah. and the, what I referred to was when Jesus said love your neighbor as yourself like you cannot profess to be a christian and not follow jesus's greatest command and his second greatest commandment mm-hmm. is love your neighbor as yourself there's so many layers to this it's and, not just that is that there's so many layers to you this. you can't pick and choose right <laughs> you, you don't you don't pick layers. and choose you don't, you don't just love the people who look like you you love everyone you, that's what jesus said and i'm not diving into this but what what my intent is on this episode is a lot of people through daily life are going to encounter hypocrites and frauds and mm-hmm. and we're all sinners first and foremost we're all sinners none of us are perfect so someone's sin of hypocrisy doesn't is not greater than my sin of pride or is not worse than my sin of pride so what whatever it may be but the the desire to reveal to expose to run around and say, hey, this person or these people or this group or this pa- or that per whatever it may be, and, and say, oh, look, this is, that desire to do that goes exactly against what God wants us to do. Yeah, and I, I would rather have a bad day and be like Peter, have a bad day, but I don't ever want to be like Judas and have a bad heart. I would never want to do that for wow, any reason good. and for any I don't care. I don't care what I lose on this earth. I don't care what I gain mm-hmm. on this earth. I just don't want to be Judas. I don't want to be that person. And the pe- there's people out there that will stab people in the back, yeah. that would do anything in the name of Christ mm-hmm. just to appear mighty and holy. And they're mm-hmm. deceiving a lot of people. They're shepherds and they're deceiving sheep. Mm-hmm. And it is not okay. It is really not okay. But we have and, to allow God to take care of that. Oh yeah, I'm. Not, you know what I'm happy about? You don't because when things like that happen, I get super happy because that means I am I am walking the straight line, and God says, "Ooh, we gotta get you out of their den because mm. what they're doing is not yeah. what you're doing, yeah. and we gotta separate you now before it's too late." Let me tell you, I will never be attached to Judas. I will never be attached to anyone that is deceiving or that has a bad heart. I, and if I have ever done it, it is not on purpose. I will never do it on purpose, not for anything. I don't care what we do, what we don't do. It will never happen. And God be my witness, <laughs> it will never happen. But I get happy 
when God goes, oop, change of plan, we got to change this up because this can't go on. I think you have to look at it like this. When God reveals to you or exposes to you someone who has a fraudulent heart mm-hmm. or people or a group of people or whatever it may be, when God does that for you, that's actually favor upon you because, as you said, he is steering you, he is taking you away from those who could bring you down and you don't want to be affiliated or associated with. So out of the hurt, out of the frustration, out of the feelings of anger, bitterness, resentment, desire to expose, when you sit back and think about it, I'm grateful, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that God has done this. I'm grateful that he said, hey, you know what, Rob? You know what, Remy? This is not a partnership or something that you should be affiliated with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when he does that, if we can, for anyone, whatever your situation is, it's certainly everyone's is different, but whatever your situation is, whenever you're in that moment, whenever you feel that hurt, that anger, that that bitterness, that resentment, God telling you, showing you, hey, these people, this person, you're better off without. You don't need you don't need to be involved with. Don't take the revenge upon yourself. Be grateful. Be happy. Be thankful. Thank you, Lord. For showing me this, yeah, not every, and, and move yeah. on, and let him let right. him take care. Because no matter what, people may fool the world, right? Mm-hmm. They may fool the world. Oh, and they are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, they you, are. You can fool the world, <laughs> funny, but you can't yeah. fool the Lord. Hey, I was fooled too. I was fooled. I was really, I was really fooled. And it's okay. It really is okay. Not everybody's gonna go in the same exit as you. We're all on this journey. I always say we're all on this train ride, and everybody has to stop and exit and just exit. And we're not all we're not all going to the same exit. Okay, it's like a highway. We're not all taking the same exit. Thankfully, so everybody got to exit somewhere. So if you're not on my exit, please exit now. That's just how I see it. And, and that's how you turn. That's how you turn the disappointment, the frustration, right. the anger, oh, the bitterness into a grateful heart. Yeah, <laughs> you go from me. wanting. You go from wanting to be vengeful. No, mm-hmm. let God handle that. Yep. Let Him take. Leave it. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Mm-hmm. For the Scriptures say, "I will take revenge. I will pay them back." Says the Lord, and be thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for showing me this. Up next, you're going to hear from James Hasty. You're listening to Faith on a Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. This is Derek Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Back to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com. Find every episode since we launched 
in 2017. We just celebrated a couple weeks ago our five-year anniversary. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interview on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on a Field. And tell some people, some friends, anyone you know about the show. I want to take a minute to thank our wonderful sponsors. Please check them out. International Justice Mission and Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show, help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonafieldshow.com. We have various packages we can cater specifically to fit your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. If you don't have a business you want to advertise on, but you want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, James Hasty, played 14 seasons in the NFL with the Jets, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. He went to two Pro Bowls. He had an excellent career. And wait till you hear his testimony. James, great to have you with us. I want to start by talking about your career in the NFL, man. You, you played a long time, 14 years with the Jets, the Chiefs, finished up with the Oakland Raiders at the time and had a lot of success as a quarterback. The game has changed now to where you can't be as physical as a corner as you were back then. How, how have you seen it evolve and how do you think you could adapt if you were playing in, in this day and age? You know, I, I, I believe I could adapt because the, the one thing that I see missing when it comes to playing the cornerback position is the ability that for guys to use their feet and their hands at the line of scrimmage. And you can really do that if you work on the craft. And what I'm seeing is more guys are choosing to bail out, which is essentially run out and race the guy into the routes. And um, they're not really focused as much on the technique as much as they're just using their God-given ability, which is their speed to typically run and cover guys. And that works for, for a while. Um, when you're a young man, but when you get older, um, you really start to rely more on those skill sets. And if you haven't really worked on it enough, you're really going to find yourself on the losing end many times. So I, I've, I've preached it over and over again to guys, the importance of, yeah, uh, hey, man, while you're young, work on that craft, that skill of working at the line of scrimmage. Because, yes, you don't want to put your, your your livelihood in the hands of a referee or a back judge who who may call pass interference because – you just don't have that confidence. And so develop it young so that when you get up there and you slow down a little bit in your, in your latter years, you still have the ability to work at the line of scrimmage and, and stop guys from getting those clean releases. Who were some of the receivers that you enjoyed covering the most? Some of the guys who challenged you because you, play, you played in that era in the late yeah. 80s, in yeah. the 90s. The, the guys that I, I enjoy playing against were guys like a guy that many folks don't even talk about these days is a guy like Irvin Fryer. Irvin Fryer was a complete football player. He was a guy that could catch. Uh, obviously, he could run after the catch. But most importantly, he prided himself on blocking. And, I mean, how many times have you turned on a film and seen guys that are not in, involved in a play just not blocking because they don't think that they need to or the play may not come their way and then sure enough the play comes their way and the, the guy that they're supposedly blocking makes the play Irving Fryer truly took that role very seriously and you had as a defensive player to keep your eye on him because he would block a linebacker he would go in and, and block a D lineman it, it didn't matter to him the, the, just go and tell him who to block and he would go and do it and to me that's the complete football player that you're looking for. And Irving Fryer was truly indicative of that type of player to me. 
you have 45 career interceptions, and nowadays we, you, you, we would refer to that you know, as a ball hawk, a guy who is there making those plays. What, what allowed you to put yourself in position to where you can make those picks? Because sometimes you're not even going to have – you're going to have quarterbacks look the other way. They don't want to even atta- attack you and throw at the receivers that you're covering. Well, well, it's understanding what those tendencies are when it comes to that receiver. Is, is he split wide? Is he is he shortened to split down? Uh, is he motioning? Th- and what are those tendencies that comes with each and every one of those act- individual roles, right? Uh, it, let's say, for example, he's a guy that mo- moves a lot and motions a lot, like a, a Tim Brown, for example. Tim Brown motioned a lot because of his inability to get off the line clean. And so what they would do is move, put him into motion, and that would allow him to have – speed and momentum going in his favor and they would run a lot of pick plays where he would run underneath guys in order to get open it works for Tim and it's you know why he's a hall of fame but understanding those tendencies which is you know I believe a credit to you know guys studying in the in the film room and knowing exactly what those plays and then they anticipate those plays when those opportunities come about it's not always seeing it in the first through three uh three quarters of the game it's in that final quarter of the game that you really understand and know some of those tendencies. And when those come about and you recognize them, then you're able to jump on it and make a play in the fourth quarter. You look back, what's the, what's the biggest highlight of your career? You had several. Uh, I know you didn't have postseason success and there's no Super Bowl, but individually, team-wise, what do you look back on and, and say is the biggest highlight, your biggest uh, takeaway? Man, my, my, my biggest takeaway is probably the teammates and the guys that I – I played and worked alongside with uh, I, I played alongside with some Hall of Fame guys and it was really a, a true honor. You don't really appreciate those things, but you kind of know when you're playing that these guys are going to probably be heading towards Canton. But for me, it's, it's not a, it's not the actual outcomes of the games, but it's really more or less the relationships uh, the, and opportunity to work with those guys that I played with. I know after your career, you did some coaching. You, you worked uh, in, as an analyst, a lot of a lot of former players move into broadcasting. But tell me what you're doing now as far as the consulting firm, the search committee in NJ is what it's called, the importance yeah. of it and, and why you developed this firm. Well, we developed it because there's no one in this space that looks like me, right? And there's no one in this space that's a former athlete. And so we understood through our research and development that there's a need for this, right? Because in most walks of life, there's folks that are trying to meet certain standards in terms of diversity. And we know that there's those standards are still being pursued, even in the search firm world. But if there's no one that actually understands sports, if there's no one that understands the science of sports and that hasn't played the game, you're going to find some, some huge gaps in terms of understanding what it takes to really identify folks that are talented in, in, in the coaching world. So we took it upon ourselves to develop an algorithm that we felt would now allow us to sort through the coaches and then also allow us to track and follow those coaches throughout their career and really understand, hey, we've got some, we've got a database here of over 1,600 coaches and we can track and follow their progress throughout their career so that when their opportunity becomes available for them in the pipeline of, of coaching opportunities, we know and we can identify those coaches very early on, year to two years out. People can get more information online. It's nnjconsult.com, correct? E-N-N-J. That's correct. E-N-N-J. There you go. 
E-N-E-J-E consult.com. James, appreciate it. And before we started, you told me tonight you have a Bible study. So man, I, I want to hear about the Lord's work in your life and, and what that's meant to you and where you are now throughout your journey, your spiritual journey. Rob, the God is forever presence in my life. And it's some, sometimes you have some instances where you go, man, did this really just happen? August 14th, I went jet skiing out here in Lake Louisville. And my fiance and I, we got on a, a tandem jet ski. And Rob, I'm telling you, man, it was sunny out, but out in the distance, I mean, miles, looks like miles away was gray clouds. And we, we got on our jet ski and we started riding and we had a friend of ours who was on his and he's kind of going a little slow. So we were t- trying to turn around and all of a sudden the weather changed. And I mean, we had been on the water for maybe 15 minutes. The weather starts to change. The, the, the wind starts coming through. And so the waves started picking up in the water. So we decided to kind of turn around. And as we turned, as I turned the wheel of the jet ski, we both were flown, thrown off the jet ski into the water. Now, of course, we've got life vests on. And, and so, you know, the natural, the natural thing to expect would be for the jet ski to turn around in the water and come back towards me. Well, the, the, the waves and the current picked up so strong, it carried, it literally carried the jet ski away. Wow. Right. So we're so, we're sitting in this water. Now, the weather starts to really change now. OK, the guy that's rented the jet ski, unbeknownst to us, is now trying to come out and find us. Right. My fiance is in the water with her phone in her hand above her head. And she's trying to make make communication with the guy. And she's not having a lot of luck. Now, she's drifting away from me. Right. Wow. And so we're sitting out there. And I mean, I was out there for about an hour and a half. It starts storming. I'm talking about lightnings. I'm talking about black clouds. It's raining unbelievably hard. And I'm, I'm, I'm constantly being hit by waves above my head. And so I'm going, I'm being submerged underwater. And I'm fighting and scratching to get back to the top of the water every wave, it seems like. Little did I know that Lake Louisville has taken many lives every, every year from the storms and the waves that are come, coming through this lake. Because this lake is huge. So the guy ends up, the fog comes in. Now, my my fiance, is, I don't even know if she's alive or dead at this point because I've been in the water for a while. Wow. And I can see this guy in a distance on a jet ski. Now, the rule is when there's a, 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 a storm like this, you got to come off the water and no one can go in because you'll lose additional lives. So this guy is now in the water with unbeknownst to me, and he's taking a risk of saving us, which we're totally unaware of. Well, mind you now, I've been in the water an hour and a half being dunked under. I come up and I say, Lord, now I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted, Rob. I mean, I'm tired now. I say, Lord, whatever your will be, let it be. And I just lean back and I just calmed my breathing because I feel like I'm about to drown, right? Because these waves are huge, they're immense. The waves calm down. I see my fiance, she's probably a mile or two miles out, away from me now at this point. I see a jet ski stop and pick her up. She had her cell phone, and unbeknownst to me, she had shot him a screenshot of her longitude and latitude where she was located, right? He finds her, right? This is how God works now. He, she could have said, I don't know where James is at. I can't, I don't know. We've been separated. He could have took her and took her into the, uh, on the shore. I'm out there without a phone. But what she did is she tells the guy, 
I think he's over there. So I can see them start to circle me, right? And I say to her with the very little breath that I have left, hey. And she says, turn the engine off. I think I heard him. And she says, he's over there. They turn the jet ski directly towards me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm saved, right? They get over to me. The guy says, look, this jet ski that I'm picking you up on is only made for two people. So be very careful when you get on to don't tip us over because you can't. Now, Rob, I'm, I'm, I'm literally out of gas, man. I got no, I got nothing left. I got, I got nothing left. So I start to pull myself up on the jet ski and I tip them right off. The guy is able to go and catch the jet ski. Okay. Somehow he takes off his life vest in the storm. I'm talking about the waves are coming. He catches the jet ski before it gets away and he gets on and he brings it back around and he says, okay, let's try it one more time. So we all get on. She gets on. I go to get on again, Rob. I tip the jet ski over again. This time, listen, he can't get the jet ski. The waves take the jet ski and the jet ski starts to leave. I'm thinking we're dead. Three of us, there's no one going to come out here. We're dead. The jet ski, unlike the other one, against all the waves, the storm, the current, man, turns and comes back. Man. You talk about God. You talk about God. Man, why did that thing turn? And that that current and that storm when the other one didn't even have no anywhere near the waves that this one had. The other one just kept going. The first one just kept going. This one, this one, man, this wasn't nothing but God. Turned that jet ski because we weren't going to catch it. And it came back. Man, and we were able to get to shore and man, the guy saved our life. My fiance saved my life because her ability to hold her phone above her head for close to two hours and shoot a dog on the longitude latitude location is the only reason why I'm, I'm alive today. And it's because of God. And so that right there said, man, I tell people all that God is real because when I asked him, so when I surrendered to him, I said, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm OK with it. You know, I don't want to die, which, you know, but I'm sitting here for an hour and a half. I'm thinking death's around the corner. But, man, he said, no, he said, no, James, I got something else for you. Not today. And, man, that is the that is the best testimony that I can give to anyone that's ever asking about God's love for us. That, that was real. Man, you gave me chills, James. I didn't even yeah, know when we started this conversation we were going to go in his direction. My <laughs> goodness, brother. Wow. Amen. Well, I'm glad that I could share that, man, because uh, I've shared it. It's in a newspaper article. Okay. Um, uh, God knows I, I, I you know, did the best I could to, to thank the guy that saved our lives because he didn't have to come out there. He shouldn't have been out there. The rules said that he should not have came out there twice looking for us. Uh, I'm just thankful that he found her. I'm thankful that God gave her the ability to hear me in the storm. I don't know how she saw or heard me. Uh, but then that jet ski scenario, man, was just, that was the, that was the clincher for me, man. That, that, that's incredible. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you sharing your testimony and, and filling me in on everything that you're doing Absolutely. with NNJ. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you. That's it for this week. Thank you to James Hasty. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you 
for listening to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free.